got anything for me tonight? No. You're supposed to. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do 569. 569. In your gold hymnals tonight. Let's all stand all over the house of God. Good to be here this evening. Amen. Praise God. Glad to be in His house. Let's, let's sing Redeemed. Great hymn written by Fanny Crosby. Amen. I'm thankful tonight. I'm redeemed. Amen. Redeemed talent, love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Thank God. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. Child and forever I am redeemed and so happy in Jesus. No language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence with me doth continually. Amen. Hallelujah. Redeemed. 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 By the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer, I think of Him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent, His love is the thing. Oh, I like that. Yes, amen. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. I know I shall see in His beauty. The King in whose law I delight, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Sing it out, redeem, redeem, redeem by the blood of the Lamb, Sing that chorus again, amen. I'm thankful to know that I have redemption through Jesus. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. Amen. Praise the Lord. How about uh, doing Anthony's song tonight? It's been a while since we've seen, since we've singed. Amen. That's East Tennessee talk. Let's see. Where is it at? It's in here. I know it is. 
Y'all help me find it. Jesus, Jesus. The sweetest name I know, 41 maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's not the right one. Amen. Yeah, I know what's in here. Praise God. I had to check before we got these hymnals to make sure. Thank you. 564 tonight. Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful for Jesus tonight, aren't you? There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still. Is all of life and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go on the second. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife, discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I know. Feasting on the riches of His grace, resting neath His sheltering wing, always looking on His... Amen! Thank God! That is why I shout and sing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, my every longing keeps me singing as I on the fourth down though sometimes he leads through waters deep trials fall across the way though sometimes the path seems rough and steep see his footprints all the way Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing. I like this last verse, soon he's coming back to welcome me, far beyond the starry sky. I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown. I shall reign with Him on high. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go.
Amen. Thankful for the name of Jesus. Turn around and fellowship one with another. It is good to be in God's house. Oh, yeah, you did mention something about this, didn't you? Let's all stand back up now. Amen. I'm thankful His truth is marching on. Amen. Praise His name. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath stored. He hath loosed the faithful lightning of His terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah, glory. Glory, glory, hallelujah, His truth is marching on. I have seen Him in the watchfires of His circling camps. They have builded Him an altar in the evening dews and damps. I can read His righteous sentence by the dim flaring lamps his day is marching on sing it out now glory glory hallelujah glory glory hallelujah glory glory hallelujah his day is marching on he has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never sound retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before His judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer Him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is... Amen. He just keeps on marching. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. 
Yeah, he, our God is marching on, and the last in the beauty of lilies. Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy. Die to make men free while God is marching on. Sing glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. While God is marching. Amen. That's something to sing glory about, the fact that our God is marching on. Amen. He'll never be defeated. Amen. He'll never retreat, but He's just going to keep going forward and forward. And I want to be step in line with Him, don't you? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Mary. I believe, and I'm not 100% sure, but maybe that song was written during the Civil War. Is that right? Amen. There's a lot of things in there that make make it sound like that's the case, and I can't say for sure, but I do believe. Amen. Y'all won't hold it against me if I'm wrong, will you? You will? Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to be here this evening, isn't it, church? Appreciate another chance that we have to be back in the house of God, Sunday night prayer meeting. I uh, appreciate what God did for us this morning. I really, really felt like the presence of God was here today. And uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I got some help. Amen. We need all the help we can get. Uh, and I did receive help this morning. And I'm thankful that we do have a, a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Praise the Lord for that. So I trust that if you didn't get the help you was looking for this morning, You've come back tonight and God's able to give you the help that you need. Amen. So um, anyway, I put it out on the prayer chain, but we did have um, a gentleman uh, ask the Lord to save him this afternoon. Uh, Amen. That's Tyler Brown's dad, Randy. Uh, I reckon that Tyler's just been all over him, wearing him out about the Lord. And uh, amen, Randy. uh, uh, Tyler said, me and the preacher's going to come see you. And he was ready. He wasn't, uh, I, I didn't know what I'd be walking into. Thought I might have a shotgun waiting on me. But that wasn't the case. He invited me right there into his home and we sat there and talked. And uh, long story short, God gave me an open door to share the gospel. And uh, he prayed the sinner's prayer and asked the Lord into his heart. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Another uh, sinner uh, born into God's family. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, just pray that uh, God would continue to save sinners through the ministries here at United Baptist Church. I do need to give um, uh, an an update. I just messed up bad. And thankful for uh, some who are observant. Miss Kim, she's observant now. Y'all just, you may think she's not paying attention, but I promise you, she is. She's just, she's one of those people that scare me uh, because she's just always... Seeing things that I don't necessarily see, but uh, I just, uh, I messed up bad uh, as it relates to the missionary. We've got missionaries coming in uh, next Sunday night, but it is not the weekly family 
good grief. Uh, help me out. Who is it? The Magaha family. My goodness, y'all. How many of you believe the preacher's losing his mind? Amen. Yeah, I am definitely losing my mind. I had it all mixed up. But uh, the Magaha family, they're also uh, from local affiliation right here in Greenville. And they are amongst the first uh, supporting missionaries that uh, we took on. Uh, actually, I believe we took them on just before I became pastor of the church, but we've supported them for many, many years. So Brother Jimmy uh, and Miss Tracy will be with us next Sunday night, and I'm very, very excited. I could blame uh, our prayer bulletin, but I think if she's got evidence on her cell phone of what I gave her, so uh, I better just... I better just plead guilty, amen, and confess, uh, praise the Lord. So y'all, for, how, will you forgive your preacher this time, amen. Uh, my dad always used to say that he made a mistake once in his life, uh, amen, and then he'd say it was when I was born, but I said, no, it's when you married mom, so hallelujah, but uh, praise the Lord. All right, but that's the primary, uh, any other announcements that I'm forgetting about, anything that... Uh, that uh, comes to your mind that I have forgotten. All right, prayer requests tonight, and we did mention a, a long list of those this morning. I won't go through all of those, uh, but uh, again, do continue to remember Brother Bruce. Wasn't it just great to see him today? Let's continue to lift him up in prayer. Uh, no doubt in my mind he's going to fight this, and uh, I'm just praying and trusting the Lord by His grace and according to His will that God's going to bring him through. Amen. Continue to remember him in prayer. Uh, remember Miss Cheryl Filing. I talked to her today. Continue to pray for Cheryl. Continue to remember Michael in prayer. Uh, remember Michael Knight. Uh, continue to pray for uh, Miss Nellie Barham. Uh, remember her. Wanda Norton needs our prayers. And uh, we could just go on and on. Bandy Thompson, Peggy and Pam Bryson, Eddie Bailey, Ronnie Waddell, uh, a few... From this morning, uh, uh, Terry and Philip Ottinger, remember them in prayer. Uh, let's see, uh, a couple others that I'll give. Uh, remember Jane Jordan, remember Tyler Brown's son Christian, remember Crystal Falco, remember Patricia Black, Sherry Britton, and also my cousin Richie Waddell as well. These are just a few that were mentioned this morning. Anything that you didn't give earlier today that you'd like to share at this time? Yes, uh, Holly said something to me about this. Just dear friends of ours, uh, uh, Alan and Carolyn and their son Randy, just a precious, precious friend, and pray for him as he's got some pretty significant health issues going on. Remember Randy in prayer. Somebody else? Any other prayer needs tonight? Amen. Normally we've got a list a mile long, but uh, God sees every need. He knows every heart, and the uh, Bible says He knows what we need before we ever ask Him about it, and I'm thankful for that. Let's pray for our lost loved ones. Do you have lost loved ones tonight, unspoken request? Remember Uncle Kenny's sister, Pat. We need to pray for her. Uh, amen. And uh, pray for each other during these last days. We've got to have 
uh, our Christian brothers and sisters uh, to encourage uh, one another and to lift each other up. Pray for our missionaries on the field and uh, pray for uh, churches uh, across our nation. I uh, need to remember our, our nation here in America. Pray for our leaders, our, our president, and just all of the crazy things that are going on right now in society. Um, pray for our kids. They'll be uh, starting back to school here in the next few weeks. And boy, if there's anybody that needs prayer, it's the children um, of our, in our school systems. Amen. We need to remember them. Pray for the teachers. Pray, pray for our police officers. Amen. Uh, thankful uh, for Brother Green, Officer Green, that was with us last Sunday night. Did you enjoy that? Amen. Appreciated him, and uh, hopefully we'll be, um, we'll be moving forward with some things in the future that we learn from that meeting. And um, again, but we have so many things to, to pray for. Pray for me tonight as I preach. We'll gather at this time around the altar. If you'd like to join us, you could do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. I'll lead us tonight. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have just to assemble ourselves together once more in the house of God. Thank you for those who are here, those who are unable to be here for various reasons. God, Lord, you know, uh, Lord, uh, the reason for their absence, Lord. Uh, but Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that I can come and uh, be with my church family, God, Sunday night worship, God. Lord, we pray, Father, that you would uh, take control of the service. Pray that your will would be done, God. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd move in our hearts and lives. And Lord, I pray, whether it be the, the music, the testimonies, the prayers, uh, Lord, the offering that's received, God, the word of God as it's proclaimed, that it might be just exactly what you have to be. Uh, continue to move in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for the soul that was saved this afternoon. And God, I pray that it would just be a continuation, God, of a harvest of souls, Lord, that come to know thee here at the United Baptist Church, God. And God, I pray, Father, Lord, that you just continue to give us wisdom as a church body. Lord, I pray, Father, in all things whatsoever we do, uh, God, make decisions that are pleasing to thee. I pray tonight, God, for uh, Sam and Barbie. Pray for uh, Bob and Pat. I pray for Bruce and Gary and Francis, Lord. I pray, God, for Miss Grace and Mike as he's traveling. Pray for Cheryl. I pray for Michael Knight. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, for uh, uh, Lord Bill and Dolores. I pray for Nellie. I pray, God, for Wanda Norton. I pray, Father, for Fanny Swanson. God, I pray tonight for Peggy Bryson, Eddie Bailey. God, I pray for Ronnie Waddell. God, I pray for uh, Uncle Kenny's sister, Pat. I pray, Lord, that you bless Terry and Philip Ottinger. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that you just um, bless so many, God, who are sick and afflicted, hurting and troubled and trialed. Lord, I pray for Randy Bailey, God, as he has this procedure tomorrow. Move, uh, Lord, in his midst, God, as he needs you to do so. We love you, we praise you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, we'll receive our uh, Sunday night offering at this time. So if we could have a couple ushers come forward. Amen. Brother Scott, would you lead us in prayer, sir? Turn to 209 and your uh, gold hymnals. Let's just keep on singing a little bit. Is that all right? Amen. I love this song. That is what you're playing. Amen. Make sure the pianist and the song leader is on the same page. How many of you are thankful that the grace of God is sufficient for every need? Amen. Uh, stand all over the house if you want to. Scott could be the only one standing. That's all right too. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Many times I'm tried and tested as I travel day by day. Oft I meet with pain and sorrow, and there's trouble in the way. But I have the sweet assurance. That my soul the Lord will lead, and in Him there is grace for every need. Sing, oh, His grace is sufficient for me, and His love is abundant and free. Sing now. And what joy fills my soul Just to know, just to know That His grace is sufficient for me When the tempter brings confusion and I don't know what to do. On my knees I turn to Jesus. For I know He'll see me through. Then despair is changed to victory. Every doubt just melts away. And in Him there is hope for every day. Sing it out now. Oh, His grace is sufficient for me. And His love 
is abundant free and what joy fills my soul just to know just to know that his grace is sufficient for me he old mosey lister special there Amen. I'm thankful that His grace is sufficient for every need. Miss Cheryl, that brings back memories, doesn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, think about old Dave singing that one. Uh, amen. He always uh, uh, said, What joy fills my happy soul. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's the old song we used to sing as a quartet several years back. I believe one day we may just get to sing it again. Hallelujah when we get to heaven. Praise God. All right. You need to pray for your pastor. My voice is about shot tonight. Amen. That's, uh, I got to save my voice and rest it up while the girls were away, but since they've got home, I've been having to yell at them every which way, and I'm just kidding. Praise the Lord. Uh, now, Carly said, no, he's not kidding. Uh, amen. But uh, Amen. Anybody have something? I know Otis has got something tonight. Uh, praise the Lord. But before Otis comes, let's put it that way. Before Otis comes and sings, anybody have a word or a testimony? God been good to you. Something you'd like to share tonight before we go any further in the service. Amen, Anthony. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. The old devil's been fighting Cheryl, and she, I talked to her this week. She said, I lay my clothes out every Saturday night expecting to come to church. But then uh, the devil gets in there. And, but boy, I tell you, that's one thing I can say that about Miss Cheryl and Brother Dave is uh, when they could come, they were faithful. Not regular, they were faithful. Uh, amen. And uh, I'm thankful for that example that they said. I'll never forget one year, and you asked me how I remember this, I have no idea, but I was probably uh, 13, 14, 15 years old, something to that effect. And um, back then, the church gave away attendance uh, awards. Uh, if you, were faith, if you were, had perfect attendance, they'd give you um, uh, little pins uh, just as, a, as a, uh, just a reward for your faithfulness. And... Uh, I don't know how many years running, uh, Brother Dave and Miss Cheryl had earned that pen, but for the first time I'd earned that pen, amen. I'm surprised I didn't have it every year, as much as Daddy uh, drug me to church, hallelujah. But, uh, and it just happened to be right around Christmas, the last Sunday of the month, in order for me to earn my attendance pen, I had to, to be here that Sunday, but the problem is it snowed like you wouldn't believe it. And I don't know that it was a deep snow, but it was just cold and icy. And back then, we didn't cancel services. Amen. If you could show up, you could show up. And if not, okay. So uh, I believe that Sunday, it might have been Brother Dave, Miss Cheryl, me and Dad, and Preacher Pinson were the only ones here. But praise God, we made it, and I got my perfect attendance pen. Amen. But I appreciate that example. appreciate that example of faithfulness that others instilled into my life uh, amen by the life they lived and god just wanted me to share that tonight amen wow 
Right? Can you imagine that? 28 years not missing a service. Isn't that something? And that's not bragging on that person. Amen? Amen? It's God's grace that allowed them to do that. But boy, I tell you, you know, the thing is, we better enjoy the privilege we have to come to church while we can. Because uh, there's coming a time when we may not have that opportunity. And... um, you know, so many are not are, are would love to be here. There's people, uh, I, I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt, they shed tears over the fact that they can't come even though they want to. So we need to praise the Lord that God gives us the health and strength to come out to His house. Uh, amen. Praise the Lord. All right, somebody else this evening. Amen. Boy, me too. We think about the number that we had in Bible school, and and we'll only know when we get to heaven just how many got saved. But I do believe that there were, uh, amen, some sincere professions of faith during Bible school. Amen. I think about Trevor just a few weeks ago. uh, Gave his heart to Jesus. Praise God. We've got him a Bible ordered. It should be here the first of the week. And uh, then I think about... uh, Amen, uh, Abby, and help me out, y'all. Help me. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm struggling tonight. But uh, Abby and Skyler, giving their hearts to Christ last week. It wasn't so long ago that Tyler gave his heart to Christ. Uh, amen. And uh, now today, his daddy got saved. Uh, and uh, boy, I tell you, we ought to thank God for that because there's churches, sad to say, that go. Uh, months and months and maybe even years and not see a single person uh, birthed into God's family. So I'm thankful for everyone that gives their heart to Christ. Amen. Now, anyone else tonight have a, a word, a testimony, a song that you'd like to share? Yes. Wow. Wow. My goodness. No. No doubt. That's right. Yep. Propaganda. Amen, Elma. That is so, so true. And you know, I, I think about our Bible school, and Lord, I tell you, I forget just how much work it is until you go through it. And then you spend, I don't know about anybody else, but I. I spent this entire past week. It wasn't just Holly and the girls being gone, but on top of it, I was having uh, Bible school um, jet lag, praise God. And um, it is hard work. It is. And that's why you see so many churches going to a one-day 
uh, Bible school. And, and again, I know that uh, each to his own, and uh, that's something we've even talked about around here. But listen, the time we have with these kids is so limited anyway. You, you think about the time that we have with them, whether it be one week during the summer or one day of the week during the school year on Wednesday night, just for a couple of hours at the most, compared to just how um, from day to day their lives are bombarded with things that are just totally contrary to what they're taught at God's house. And, um, you know, I tell you, if you look at it from the natural realm, we're fighting a losing battle. But I just believe that um, when we just allow ourselves to be instruments and tools in the hands of God, I believe we can still make a difference. If I didn't, I wouldn't do it. Amen. If the devil ever convinces me that, it, that, that I'm not making a difference, that it's a waste, but I still believe that uh, it's worth it all if we can just, uh, just um, help a few along the way. May not win them all, but I believe we can win some. And I believe God's pleased with that. Thank you, Elma. That's a good testimony. Somebody else tonight? Amen. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Bless him, Lord. Yes, sir. Mm. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Mm. Goodness gracious. Blessing, Lord. Blessing, Lord. Blessing, Father. Amen. Yeah. Boy, it's true, Michael. Bless him, Lord. Amen. Boy, that's true, Michael. It is, brother. There's no doubt about it. It's real, and, and it's easy for us to, um, to trivialize something somebody else is going through but then when it hits home, it's an entirely different matter. And uh, amen. I, you know, there's so many different, and boy, isn't that a topic? I mean, we could spend an entire day talking about that subject itself. But just the stress that people are in under nowadays and just the burdens that people carry and, um, uh, you know, just really on our own and by ourselves, it's too much for us to bear. But I'm thankful that, uh, that his yoke is easy.
and his burden is light. And uh, we got to encourage one another, comfort, comfort one another. Uh, I guarantee you, if you're the one going through it, you'd, you'd want somebody to, uh, to, to, uh, to sympathize with you. And uh, amen. Be sensitive, not just to what we're going through, but what others are facing and dealing with as well. Appreciate that, Michael. Anyone else tonight? Uh oh. <laughs> but Alma was talking about the kids going back to school. We'd be voting for school board member. And I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but you need to look at the paper, Amen. whatever, and see what they stand for <clears throat> and vote. Yes. It's good, Pam. A lot of times we focus on the national elections, but listen, it starts in your own community. And uh, the devil is getting into that. That's how the devil gets into the schools, is uh, because a lot of times you have those of the opposite persuasion that are filling the offices, and many times it's just because God's people are um, uh, are apathetic and unconcerned, and we just ignore things that really do matter. Amen. Appreciate that. Somebody else tonight. Have you been obedient? Have you minded the Lord? All right, Otis, what you got for us tonight, brother?
better check up amen? amen praise god holly did you change the mic battery in the mic will you get the girls too please all right anybody else this evening before we preach amen mary He always pleasantly surprises us, doesn't he? Thank you. Anyone else? You can be turning, if you will, to Jude, the book of Jude. You say, where is that out? Go to Revelation and turn backwards. It's right before the book of Revelation. The book of Jude is unique because it is only one chapter. Uh, instead of saying chapter 1 or chapter 2, you just say Jude such and such or so and so verses. Amen. But this is the direction I believe the Lord would have for us to go tonight. Uh, just God really, really did lay this on my heart this afternoon. And uh, just feel like this is what God would have for us to preach this evening. We're going to be looking specifically at verses number 22 and 23 of Jude's epistle. You can stand and reverence the Word of God if you're able. If not, uh, you can be seated. Two verses, the Bible says, uh, and y'all pray for me tonight that my voice will hold out. And of some having compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And with the Lord's help tonight, I want to preach on this thought, will we pull them out of the fire? Will we pull them out of the fire? Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the sweet presence of the Lord again tonight. Thank you, God, for what you did for us this morning. But God, we don't want to live on leftovers. We just believe you have a, a fresh portion, Lord, of, uh, of uh, spiritual bread, Lord, in store for us here tonight. And Lord, I pray that for just a few moments, God, we would um, remove every hindrance and every distraction, God. And Lord, we just focus and on what you would have for us to receive here this evening. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, 
Lord, just for the testimonies of your saints, Father. Lord, just thank you for the privilege we have to come to God's house. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless the reading and preaching of thy word. And God, um, Lord, that it would not fall on deaf ears tonight, but that it would make an eternal difference, God, bearing fruit for eternity. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just use us this evening. God, give us physical strength of, of voice. And God, Lord, I pray that you'd uh, give us minds that we might receive what you'd have and, Lord, open our mouths and uh, help us to declare faithfully the truth that, that you've given to us. Lord, honor your word. Exalt your son by way of your humbled servant. And God, save those who are lost that are maybe watching uh, or listening, God. And, and Lord, I pray that you, if there might be one amongst us that doesn't know you, save them before it's too late. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Will we pull them out of the fire? I take my text from Jude 22 and 23, where we find what I consider to be one of the greatest verses regarding personal evangelism that is found within the entirety of Scripture. And in these verses, some having compassion making a difference, others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. And I believe here we find a twofold strategy for personal evangelism, as it is recorded for us in the pages of God's Word. Now, when we use this word evangelism, it's a word maybe that we hear a lot, but do we really and truly understand what it is? The ever and most important principle of sharing the good news of the gospel with a lost and dying world. Uh, amen. How many of you believe that's important? Amen. To share the, the, the good news of the gospel with a lost and dying world. This word evangelize, it is used all throughout the New Testament. A lot of times we don't find the word itself, but we find the phrase preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. And if you look... Uh, if you were to look at that phrase in the Greek language, it's just one Greek word, and uh, it is actually a transliteration. The word evangelize is translated uh, from the Greek word euangelion, from which we get our English word angel, which in itself simply means a messenger or a mail deliverer, per se. How many of you would say that your mailman's an angel? I won't let you answer for that. But, uh, you know, in essence, that's what all of us are. We're mailmen. We're deliverers of a message. And the message that we are to deliver is the most important message that could ever be given out. Amen? And uh, what would you think? Let me just say this. What would you think? Uh, if you were, um, were waiting on an important package to come, whether it be by FedEx or UPS or uh, the United States Postal Service, and I mean this was a, an important piece of mail. This was something that you just absolutely had to have. And you, you kept going to, to, to the mailbox, and, and each and every day uh, you open that mailbox, and it's not there, it's empty, and finally... You go to the mailman, you say, hey, what's up? Where's this package? He said, oh, I've had it for two weeks. I just, uh, for whatever reason, hadn't given it to you. Would that make anybody angry or upset? 
Well, uh, I'm telling you, there's a world full of sinners who depend upon us to deliver the mail and to get the message, uh, the most important message that they'll ever receive. Uh, it's been committed into our care and to our trust to give it out and to share it with other sinners who need to... Let me ask you this. Are you not glad that somebody cared enough about you to tell you about Jesus? Uh, I don't think there's any person here tonight, and I'd say that there are very few people all across the world who are saved, and the reason you're saved is because somebody cared enough to tell you and to share with you the message of salvation. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's not just a message, but it's good news. We need some good news tonight. I'm sick and tired of hearing bad news. Uh, amen. Boy, I tell you, before the last presidential election, I was consumed and obsessed with the national news. But once that mess, uh, sorry excuse for a rigged election, can I get a witness tonight? Uh, once that was over, I said, i got to get away from this a little while. Because I'm telling you, bad news will bring you down. But I'm telling you, we've got some good news. We talked about good news this morning. And that is, I've got a heaven to gain. But there's some good news. And that is that God's uh, sent a Savior to save His people from their sins. Let's look at some scripture. Luke chapter number 2. Turn with me. It's not Christmas time but we'll look at something regarding the Christmas story real quick. Luke chapter number 2 this evening. The quicker you turn, the quicker I get done preaching. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter number 2. Maybe, maybe you ought to wait and just be slow because uh, Otis, uh, Otis is hungry. Amen. We want to make him wait as long as possible for him to eat. Luke chapter number 2. If you found your place, say Amen. Verse number 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, here it is, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ's Lord. That's the gospel. Amen. And, and the angels, they were messengers. They were evangelists. They were mail carriers, so to speak, deliverers of the message of the good news of the gospel. But notice what the shepherds did. Verse number 15, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. Let's go see what this, find out what this is all about and see whether or not what these angels just told us, whether or not it's true. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying that which was told them concerning this child, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them. By the shepherds. Do you see the connection? Do you see the link and the chain of events here that's going on? Uh, the shepherds knew. Why? Because the angels told them. But then they, once they went and saw that what the angels had said, the message they'd given was true, 
then they went out and told others about it. And it's almost like a domino effect of one person telling another person about the message of salvation. But what happens when that domino chain is broken? Uh, amen. Uh, people miss out. And people do not hear what you and I have so graciously heard. And we know, in essence, the shepherds and the angels both provide us with an example of what it means to be evangelists of the good news of the glorious gospel. And the reason for that is because they were faithful in sharing the message of how a Savior had been born to save His people from their sins. Uh, brethren, there's a lot of things that I want to be faithful in doing, but one thing I want to be faithful to do is to make sure I share the message of God's good news. Uh, amen. And I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid that when I stand before God one day, I'll see how that I should have been a whole lot more faithful than what I was. You know, the ministry of evangelism is one of, if not the most prominent principles that are found, uh, amen, within the life and ministry of Jesus, the writings of the Apostle Paul, and others who are credited with pinning the pages of Scripture. And I could give you all kinds of verses. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with ye always, even unto the end of the world. I'm glad He's with us always, no matter where we go. Amen. He'll be with us as we share the good news of the gospel. Mark 16, 15, And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every cre creature. Notice the emphasis on those two passages of the word go. Amen. It didn't say stay where you're at. It said go to where they are. Amen? And a lot of times we think of this, this ministry of evangelism, amen, as uh, amen, uh, waiting on them to come to us. No, we're supposed to take the message to where they are. That's true evangelism. Acts 1.8, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now that is a, a great responsibility that we have to carry the gospel uh, to all ends of the world. And in one sense or another, uh, the parameters that God has set forth uh, regarding the ministry of, of evangelism as it relates to to the responsibility of the United Baptist Church includes the uttermost parts of the earth. That's where missions comes in. Amen. Praise God. I was looking. We've still got a week to go and we're right below the $1,000 mark once more for the month of July. And I say to God, be the glory. But not only is it worldwide missions, but it's also local evangelism. Uh, Paul said, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also unto the Greek. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 10, 13 through 15, I love these verses. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know what a preacher is? An evangelist. A sharer of the gospel. And how shall they preach except they be sent out as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. Evangelion. Of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You know we might say it this way. If we don't go they won't know. And our church won't grow. That's good isn't it? And you don't get me wrong, I know we live in hard days and it's like pulling teeth to get people to come to church. Uh, amen. And, and nowadays a, a lot of churches are just shutting down their Sunday night, Wednesday night, and even their Sunday school programs down all together because you can't get people to come out and support these ministries. Amen. And can I just uh, uh, amen, do a commercial? Uh, you ought to support our Sunday school ministry here at the church. Amen. Our Sunday school teachers work hard to provide lessons. You say, I just, man, it's hard for me to get out of bed to come to Sunday school. Why don't you make that special effort? I believe God will bless you for it. Amen. My dad did not pay me to say that, I promise. At least if he did, I won't tell you. Uh, Praise God. But evangelism, uh, preaching the gospel and sharing the good news, you cannot deny the fact that it is as important, if not the most important principle that is uh, emphasized throughout the New Testament. But my question is, why is it the most neglected ministry in most so-called Bible-believing churches like ours? Amen? Y'all help me preach. Don't you get quiet on on me. I'm telling you the truth. Bless God. You know, one of these days there's going to be a whole lot of explaining that's going to have to be done by lost or by a lot of professing Christians, preachers and pastors as to why we did not take the most concise and clear-cut command of the Bible more seriously than we did. You know why one of the reasons why the world's in the shape it's in, why America uh, is where it's at today? Because the church has dropped the ball. We, we, we've sat on our laurels for, for way too long instead of going out. And we've got over 300 churches here in Greene County, Tennessee. And if every church in this county would get serious about the, fulfilling the commands of the Great Commission our community would be in a whole lot better shape than what it's in right now. Uh, Amen. But, you know, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, listen, we don't take it seriously, but one of these days, what's our answer going to be when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ? Why uh, Why didn't you tell somebody about me? Why don't, why didn't you share the message of salvation with somebody? I mean, somebody loved you enough to tell you about it, so why didn't you take the time to tell that gas station attendant? Uh, Amen. Or that uh, McDonald's cashier. Amen. Why didn't you care enough to leave that gospel track? Why didn't you care enough to make that phone call to that person I laid on your heart? Amen. Go make that visit. Uh, Amen. Why didn't you care enough just to Tell your family member one more time, one more time was, well, if you just said it once more, they'd have broke and they'd have got saved. Amen. I'm afraid we're going to have a lot of explaining to do when we stand before the judgment seat. I knew it wouldn't be shouting tonight. We shouted it out about heaven 
this morning. So it's going to be an old me message tonight. We need to hear this, church. Jude 22 and 23. I believe Paul, or excuse me, not Paul, Jude provides a twofold strategy that is revealed to us concerning how we are to go about this business of evangelism and what kind of attitude we should have when we attempt to tell people about Jesus when it comes to uh, witnessing and telling sinners about Christ. It's not just about what we say, but it's how we say it as well. Twofold. Uh, And you write these two things down. The ministry of compassion is number one. And second, the ministry of compulsion. That's pretty good, isn't it? I worked hard for that now. And y'all give me credit, amen. Compassion and compulsion. And that's what I want to share with you very quick. Give these two truths to you and we'll be done. First of all, compassion. Verse 22. And if some having compassion, what? Oh, that's pitiful. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Joanne's the only one that, that, that said a thing. Holly said she did the whole row. All right. Amen. That's what happens when you back row Baptist. You can't, the preacher can't hear you. Amen. Some having compassion. What? Amen. I heard the preacher's wife on that one. Glory to God. Amen. Now we could read that a couple of different ways. For instance, we could say that what the Bible means here is that in order to make a difference in some people, you must reach them by showing compassion towards them. Or you could say that it means that only some are willing to show and exercise compassion towards those who need to be saved and to hear the message of the gospel. I prefer that interpretation. Seeing that I believe, and you listen to me tonight, it is necessary to show compassion towards all sinners when we present the gospel to them. I heard it said before that uh, people don't care... Uh, how much you know until they know how much you care. You help me preach this evening. In its most basic form, the gospel message, it is a message of compassion. And without compassion, there is no gospel message at all to share. Uh, aren't you thankful that Jesus showed compassion to we sinners? Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth. His love towards us. That word commend means it means not only did He say it, but He showed it. <laughs> Amen? In other words, He put His money where His mouth was. Uh, he proved that He genuinely cared and He really... Hey, let me ask you, can anybody in the house tonight question the sincerity of Jesus' love towards you? No. Amen? We know... That Jesus loves us not by what He said, but by what He did. See, that's where our problem. Uh, Compassion is this. It's love and action. Amen? Uh, By that I mean that we are to demonstrate the love of Christ that was shown towards us by showing it towards other sinners who need to be saved. So here's... Here's the question I want to ask you tonight. And that is, does, the, do, do, does my actions and attitudes towards sinners remind them of Christ's actions and attitudes towards them? 
Does the way I treat sinners and does the way I talk to sinners remind them of the way Jesus treated them when He was alive here on earth? You know what happens is we, we and I, I mean it always gets quiet when I start talking about this for a lot of reasons. It just, I, I've been doing this long enough to know when you get on certain topics, it's going to, because in some ways we're confused and we don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those outside the box topics that, that just isn't normal for your av- average independent Bible believing Baptist church. But hey, I'm just giving you what the Bible says. Amen? Uh, you, you know, what, what we want to do when it comes to sinners, boy, I tell you, I, I feel so sorry for them. I, I mean, I hate to see what they're going through. Can you believe they're being raised that way? Amen? In other words, we, we want to excuse our inactivity. Amen? By our supposed, um, what's the word? Our supposed sympathy. We want to be sympathetic towards them while at the same time remaining inactive. But where there is genuine sympathy, I believe there will be also genuine activity. Amen? I just got that hot off the press. Let me say that again. Where there is genuine sincerity, there will be aggressive activity. Oh, that's good preaching. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Love and action. 1 John 3. Can I, can I bring you under conviction tonight? 1 John 3, 16. Hereby, it's like 1 John 3, 16 is almost as good as John 3, 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. How do we know the love of God? Because He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But you listen to this tonight. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, Here's the question, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us love in word, neither in tongue. Let, let, us, lo- let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And you know the best way to summarize that? Amen. It means that if you see somebody with a need, and you have the ability to meet that need, then you meet that need. Huh? Well, but they don't deserve it. You didn't deserve what Jesus did for you either. Luke 10. Turn with me to Luke 10 real quick. And I got to get to compulsion. So y'all, we got to hurry. We can't just talk about compassion. The real thrust of the message tonight was on the principle of compulsion. But we got to hit the compassion part. Luke 10, 25 through 37. This is the parable or the story of the Good Samaritan. If you found your place, say amen. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered 
and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. And thy neighbor is thyself. And he, Listen, in other words, he quoted Scripture, didn't he? And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself, uh, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. And by the way, this was the religious crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a certain Samaritan, and I want to remind you, this fellow that was taken among thieves was probably a Jew. And the Jews and the Samaritans couldn't stand each other. And the, Samar- or the Jews would actually cross under the other side, not just the road, but the river, so they wouldn't have to step foot in Samaria. That's how bad the Jews hated the Samaritans. But this Samaritan, uh, as he journeyed, hey, what did he do? He came where he was. That's the first step of compassion, is to go where they're at. You help me preach tonight. He saw him, and he had compassion on him. Say, preacher, how do you know that he had... Hey, did you know not only did he... Hey, did you know that if you'll go where they're at, you'll see them? <laughs> A lot of times the reason we don't see and the reason... Hey, you know what Jeremiah said? He said, my eye affects my heart. The reason we don't have... We're not as tender-hearted towards sinners as we ought to be is because we're not willing to go where they're at. And because we're not willing to go where they're at, we don't see them as they really are. I've said it, a lot of you, what to do you get is to go down to one of these trailer parks. Amen. Spend some time knocking on these doors. Go down to the jailhouse. And I don't even know if they'll let you do that anymore. Amen. Just spend some time rubbing elbows with sinners. Isn't that what Jesus did? Oh, I ought not go there. If you don't go, they won't know. Amen? That's right. But again, uh, not only did he go to where they were at, but he saw them, and as a result, he had compassion on them. You say, preacher, how do you know that he had compassion by what he did? He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. He set him on his own beast, and he brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and he gave them to the host and he said to him, take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. Honey, he was willing to pay his debt. (laughs) And that's what Jesus did for us. Which now these three thinkest thou was neighbor and to him that fell among the thieves. And he said, he that showed mercy on him then said, Jesus to him, go and do thou likewise. Of course, this provides us with a picture of the unconditional love that Christ had to sinners. But it also provides us with an example of the kind of love. Proactive love. Aggressive love. Uh, Isn't there a song that refers to it this way? Reckless 
love. Isn't that right? Amen. A reckless. Uh, Amen. Uh, Amen. An extreme and an extravagant love that goes beyond the boundaries and goes beyond expectations to show the love of Jesus towards sinners. Let me give you one more passage tonight. 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Ministry without compassion is a waste. Evangelizing without compassion is a waste. We must speak the truth, but we must do it with an attitude of love. If we're going to make a difference, we must show compassion. Without compassion, there will be no difference. The reason why many churches, many Christians, and many pastors and preachers are not making a difference for Christ in a lost and dying world is because they aren't willing to show compassion to sinners. It is hard. Compassion is tough. It takes time. It can get messy and it will definitely get you out of your comfort zone. But it is necessary, that is, if you're going to make a difference in a lost and dying world uh, for sinners. Uh, Amen. Amen. That's right. There's no excuse for any Christian in this world we're living in not to be making a difference for Jesus. I mean, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are fewer than they've ever been. You don't have to go within a rock's throw of this church to find somebody who is a candidate to be evangelized. And to show compassion towards them. Alright, that's point number one. How about point number two? Compassion is necessary. But here's what we're missing. As much as compassion. And that is the ministry of compulsion. Some having compassion. Jude said making a difference. How about this one? Others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. I heard a preacher one time. A pastor preach on Will you be a firefighter for Jesus? That's good, isn't it? Rescuing sinners out of the fire. Compulsion. And when it comes to reaching sinners for Christ, there must be compassion. There must also be compulsion as well. Preacher, what's compulsion? It's fervency. It's an earnestness. It's an urgency that must accompany our witness, that is, if it is to be successful. Evangelism must be done in love and with compassion, but it must not be done casually or carelessly as if it's no big deal. Let me ask you something. Let's say you were uh, in, a, in a building somewhere. Uh, a large building. And... Uh, all of a sudden, somebody casually strolled in. Said, hey, where's the coffee? He said, over there. We'll make, me a cup, make, make me a pot of coffee. Make the pot of coffee. Sit down in the chair. Put his legs up on the desk in the office. And 
All of a sudden, he looked at you and said, oh, by the way, the building's on fire. I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to, but, I mean, you could leave. <laughs> I mean, you know, no big deal. You can stay if you want to. But, I mean, you, you just might want to get out. How seriously are you going to take that person? Not very seriously. But did you know that is the attitude that most Christians have towards people who are lost? I mean, it's no big deal. Take it or leave it. Get saved if you want to, but if not, it'll be okay. It's a casual. You know, you driving down the road and you see somebody frantically it's late at night, it's foggy, but all of a sudden somebody stands right in front of you and they're literally willing to put their own body in your path. And you have no other choice but to stop. And at the very last minute you hit the brakes and you pull to a stop just before you hit them. What in the world are you doing, man? He looks at you and said, the bridge is out. And if you don't stop, you're going to go across that ravine and you're going to you're going to go down into the river and you're going to die. But they were willing to put their own body in your path to slow you down and keep you from stopping or keep, keep you from going off into that ravine. It's, I'm talking about an urgency. Uh, I'm talking about a, a reckless abandonment. Doing whatever it takes to keep somebody from going off into the ravine. You don't see that very often in our day. When in reality, if we look at the signs of the times, we hoop and holler and shout it out, Jesus is coming soon. I'm getting ready to go to heaven. But there is, a, there is a, another side to that. And that is, Jesus is coming. And you better get ready, lest you fall off into the ravine. Others... Save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Isn't that interesting? Now this is something we saw, it's something we pointed out. Josh mentioned it last week in his message. Uh, and I gave you the example uh, about the four friends that were willing to do whatever they had to do to get, their, to get the, the man to Jesus. They were willing to be creative. Um, they wouldn't stop until they did whatever. They, but their faith, it wasn't his faith, but it was their faith that made the difference. You know, a child that, that, that's, that's uh, trapped in their burning home, there ain't much they can do to save themselves. Somebody else has to pull them out of the fire. And rescue them from that burning structure. And friend, it, a lot of times we talk about the faithlessness of sinners. No friend, I'm afraid that the problem is the faithlessness of the Christians. That's the problem. Amen. We don't have the urgency and the fervency and the desperation that is required if we're going to be able to make a difference in a lost and dying world for Jesus Christ. You know, if we really believe sinners are going to hell and saved people get to go to heaven, 
then don't you think our soul winning efforts ought to be a big deal? And we wonder why the world doesn't take the church any more seriously than what it does. Why? Because they see through our fakeness and our falseness and our hypocrisy. And to most of them, they are convinced that not even we believe what we say we believe as it relates to the gospel. Dad could tell you this, but if you're going to be a good salesman, you must truly believe in the product you're trying to sell. Amen. I, I wonder when we, and I know we're not selling a product. Amen. But we are trying to convince amen, people to, to get on board with what we have to offer them. But when we talk to them about Jesus, do they? Or could it be that in their minds they're saying, "I'm not sure they really believe what they're telling me." I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Ted Turner or somebody, um, a, a famous atheist, somebody that didn't believe in God. But he made this statement. He said that if I really believe what those Christians said they believe, I'd be out on the street corner. Amen. Doing my best to, uh, amen, to, to shake them into reality. To grab them by uh, the pant legs. And to beg them to be saved lest they die and go to hell. See, lost people aren't stupid. Amen. And I'm telling you, if you're going to make a difference in the life of your loved one, your witness must be uh, complemented by an urgency. Or it'll be a waste. Some having compassion, making a difference. Others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. There must be an excitement and an enthusiasm and earnestness and an eagerness to save people from hell and to introduce them to heaven. Can I say this to you? Man, there ain't nothing like seeing a sinner get born again. No greater thrill in the world. That's one of the reasons I loved being a part of the tent ministry while we had the opportunity to do so because of all the people that I had the opportunity. I mean, you wasn't even... I mean, the fish were coming to you, bless God. Hallelujah. He's just fish catching up. A lot easier than it is on the lake. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Holly caught her first fish last night. And she's just rubbing my face. Nan, and nan, nan. She got the picture to prove it. I think about what, yeah, amen, hallelujah. Uh, I think about when Michael got saved. Man, there ain't no thrill like winning a lost person to Jesus Christ. Amen. But you know, the devil, he will fight you and he will do everything within his power to keep you from taking the ministry of evangelism serious. When in reality, it ought to be the heartbeat of our lives. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 and 11. And this comes right after the verses that we read this morning about, uh, amen, uh, uh, what did we preach on this morning? Praise God, hallelujah. Amen. Help me help me out. I'm telling y'all, uh, y'all got me in a bind now. Yeah, but what else did I preach? What were the specific verses? Uh, y'all done for God. Shame on you. Uh, 
Hallelujah, Maria gets an A on the quiz. Amen, which says what? It's talking about, amen. Uh, oh, Lord, y'all help me this evening. I mean, I can't remember. If they was putting a gun to my head right now, I couldn't remember. Uh, amen. In, in other words, uh, uh, thank you, Maria. Amen. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There you go, devil. Take that. But then Paul goes on here, and these are some of my favorite verses of the Scripture. Turn with me there quickly. Amen. Please, please, just stay with me another few minutes tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10 and 11. These are some of my favorite verses in all the Word of God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now here's where I want you to focus. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. What does it say? We persuade men. Now what's the terror of the Lord? Well, we would say the terror of the Lord, and we could compare this with Jude 22, where it says, in some having compassion, making a difference, others say with what? Fear. Pulling them out of the fire. I think there's a, a comparison between Jude 22 and 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. What's the terror of the Lord? Well, we could say it, it's his sinners going to hell, but I don't think that's the context of the verse. It's the reality that one of these days we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account. That's the terror of the Lord. And brother, if you ain't realized that, what a terror, terrifying thing it is that one of these days you and I are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and I'm going to have to give an account before God. I believe for every sinner that God has providentially allowed my paths to cross with. And I believe there's going to be some people, we talked about it last week, thank you for giving the Lord all of those people in heaven that are there because I cared enough. But there's an opposite, brother. All those sinners that went to hell because I didn't care as much as I should have. My carelessness had a part in somebody. In other words, they're trapped in the burning building. And I just let them burn to death. We saw an example of that in our country here recently. Where was it at in Texas? What's the town? Uvalde. I mean, we, we're so hypocritical. Amen. I, I bless God, I can't believe those police officers would just let, just stay outside and let a gunman. I mean, that's a terror. And it is a tragic thing to think about police officers that are charged and have been given the duty to protect innocent lives, but they just stand outside. And let that shooter pick them off one at a time. That's terrible, isn't it? But are we any different? I, I mean, do we, do we not intentionally allow people who are perishing, that, that, that are, are in danger and are on the verge of falling off into hell? In other words, we're the bystander on the road. We've seen that the bridge is out. And we're the one that should be standing in their way and doing everything we can to urgently 
warn them. The, the, the Bible word that Paul uses, the word compel. Compel them. That's not passivity, that's aggression. Others, save with fear, pulling them, uh, that is aggression. Compelling them, persuading them. See, but today, that's considered obnoxious. It's considered uncouth for me to go to my neighbor and to, to compel them and persuade them and beg them with tears running down my face. Don't go to hell. Come to Jesus. Friend, that's the greatest example of compassion you could ever give somebody. To share them, the tr- tell them the truth. If you don't come to Jesus, if you don't get born again, if you don't get saved, you're going to die and you're going to spend an eternity in hell. Today that's considered obnoxious. If you were to go to work tomorrow, amen. If I were to knock on my neighbor's door, amen. You, you know, can I just tell y'all what gave me the inspiration of this message? Now, he may or may not be what Tyler. That's what inspired me for this message. Now, now and, and I get it. And if he were sitting right here tonight, he'd tell you he's rough around the edges. Can I get a witness? He is. But in some ways, he's putting us to shame. Michael Brobeck's another one. I, I, I've witnessed it. I've seen it. They just don't know any better. They're so young in the faith. They, they, ain't got, they ain't got enough. They've not been institutionalized yet by religion. Michael, I was sitting at Powell's with him one day, and this guy that knew him, he knew him just casually. Generally, he wasn't a dear friend of his, but just somebody walked by him. Hey, man, how you doing? Michael literally run that guy out the door, followed him out in the parking lot, gave him a gospel track, and witnessed to him. Now, he don't have all his I's dotted and his T's crossed. But I'm saying that that he's further along than some of us are when it comes to the most simple command we've been given. And that's to have an urgency about our witness. Amen. Tyler has been begging his dad for weeks now to get saved. I'm, I'm just telling you, he has. And he had, and his dad sees, well, he... He ain't got it all figured out yet, but I can see a change in him. And his dad said, I want what he has. Because I, I, I've got some things wrong with me physically, and I don't want to die and go to hell. That's what Tyler told me. He said, Dad was worried he was going to hell. And this guy that's rough around the edges, that's all tatted up, and let's just be honest, that some churches wouldn't want nothing to do with him. I watched him today weep and I watched his tears ran down his face as God gave me the opportunity to win that man to Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Shame on us. Shame on me. I've been in church all my life and I don't have the zeal and the enthusiasm that he has. Amen. I've got too much pride to let my hair down. Michael was telling me today on the phone, I was talking to him, and he said, man, I busted out crying Friday night. I was with Tyler Thursday night. 
Tyler called me. I was sitting at home. Amen, singing the blues with my puppy dog in my lap because Holly wasn't home. And it was Tyler and Mike and wanted me to hang. No, I don't think that'd be a good idea. You guys go. But they went to Walmart. Michael said we was coming out of Walmart. And he said there was a man in the parking lot that Tyler knew and uh, that wanted to bum a cigarette off of him. And Tyler gave him a cigarette. But he sat there and he said, you know what, I got saved. You ought to do the same thing. To, he, and he sat there and he prayed with that man. Right there in the Walmart parking lot. God forbid that I'd look down on him. God forbid. Say, preacher, he ain't perfect. Well, I ain't either. And I'm telling you, and, and, and it was zeal without knowledge. This morning. Amen. He, he's... Pray for, my, pray for it. He said, pray for me. Pray for me that I'd get closer to God. I want to, be, I want to be more like Jesus. Amen. He didn't know what to do at the end of the service. During the, I, you say, well, he interrupted you. Well, it's all right. I'd rather, at least he's awake, bless God. Hallelujah. And he went back there, back there to the back and he tried to drag his grandma. And he literally grabbed her arm and wanted to drag her because he just don't know no better. Now his grandma says, I, I, I was saved as a child. And, I, and we got to work on him and help him along and say, Tyler, amen. Uh, it's good that you have zeal, but let's have a little knowledge. And we got to lead him along a little bit. But I'm convinced that he might just be a little bit further down the road than, than we are. You know, the problem is we've been desensitized. And we've been in church so long and we can sing the songs, and we can pray the prayers, and we can preach the messages. And oh, preacher, didn't you do a good job today? Yet my question is, what did I do the other six days of the week? Huh? How many people did I pray for in a Walmart parking lot? How many of my family members did I care enough? To just keep telling them and keep telling them until God got a hold of their heart and saved them. Some having compassion, making a difference. Others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Huh? Uh. Knowing therefore, 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm, I'm rewinding it, I'm wrapping all this up. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And then down towards the end of the, the chapter, chapter 5, again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is probably my favorite chapter in all the Bible. Is it verse 17? It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, old. Amen. How many of you are thankful for that? Huh? But then let's let's just read a little further. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that? And hath given to us what? The ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, 
without imputing their trespasses to Him. And here it is. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are what? Ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For He, the Father, has made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of... Hallelujah, glory to God. <laughs> but here's the point. Knowing ye therefore the terror of the Lord, that one of these days we're going to have to stand before God and give an account before Him what kind of job did you do as an ambassador of Jesus? How many sinners did you reconcile to me the way I reconciled you to myself? Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And we persuade them to what? Be ye reconciled to God. You see? Others say with fear, pulling them out of fire. I, I, you know, and I, I know there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. I'll never forget, I was in Bible college and me and Holly was at uh, the K&W restaurant. Or no, S&J &S restaurant. It was one of them meat and three veggies places. My kind of dive, hallelujah. Wednesday night for church. We was in there eating and all of a sudden Brother Stan. So who was Brother Stan? He was... This old sweet man, he drove up and down a six-lane highway in a, on, one, on, a, on, a, on, a, on an electronic wheelchair. I ain't kidding you, bro. Had an orange flag on top of that wheelchair. He wore a red cap that said, Jesus loves you on it. Man, I love Brother Stan. We was in there, we was eating, meeting three veggies. And all of a sudden, we saw Brother Stan sitting there at the table beside us. And uh, our waitress had given us food and she looked at Brother Stan and she said, Sir, can I help you? He said, Are you saved? And she said, No, sir, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. He said, You're going to hell. <laughs> oh, hey, Nick and Holly, how are y'all doing tonight? Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. But if we're going to really make a difference for Jesus, we must have compassion. But our compassion must be accompanied by an urgent compulsion to persuade men aggressively. Just like you out fishing. Be ye reconciled to God. Let's all stand tonight. Heavenly Father, I know I've preached a little long tonight, but Lord, God, if nobody else needed to hear it, this preacher sure did. I'm thankful for the life lessons you've shown me over the last few days, how that I need to do a better job than what I'm doing. Of being serious about being an ambassador for you. Lord, help me to make sure that my message is accompanied and seasoned with compassion. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Lord, help me to be willing to go to extremes if necessary to show compassion. Help me to not be like the priest and the Levite who walked by on the other side wasn't willing to get down in the ditch. 
But Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that You would give the church of the living God in this year, 2022, right before the very coming of the Son of Man. Lord, we are living in the last days. The trumpet could sound at any moment. And Lord, we get to go to heaven. But there's a world headed to hell. Oh, God. God, help me to get it. Help me to get over the callousness. And Lord, all the years that I've sat on church pews and heard it over and over again to the point that it just doesn't matter to me like it used to. Oh, God, would You give us tears. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with Him. Oh God, I pray that we'd get burdened over the truth that we preached this morning. God, about the family circle being unbroken. God, help me not to be able to live with the possibility that there might be an empty seat at the table because one of my loved ones goes to hell. Oh God, I pray that Lord, we wouldn't just let opportunities pass by that we wouldn't be so concerned about the busyness of our everyday lives that we don't take the time to tell somebody about Jesus. To share with them the good news. Blessed during the invitation, if somebody needs to come, help to respond by faith to the Word of God tonight as they are moved by the Holy Spirit. Have you will in your way moved during this invitation? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need to come, the altar's open tonight. I believe it'd be good for God's people to get around an old-fashioned altar and ask the Lord to give us tears, to give us a burden, to be more serious about being faithful witnesses than what we have been. Friend, I'm telling you, if, if you don't care enough to get out of your seat and ask the Lord to give you more of a burden than what you have for sinners. You're in a bad shape. And I'm afraid that's where we're at. And I ain't just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. We need to care more than we care. We need to do more than we do. We need to work more than we work. Because time is running out. The door is getting ready to close. And there's a whole lot of people that aren't, ain't on board yet. You say, preacher, I can't force them. No, you can't. Every person has to choose and decide for himself. Your responsibility is to make sure that you sound out the warning and give out the message. You can't determine what they do with the mail, but you can make sure that it gets in the box.
Take your hymnals, turn to 350. I want us to sing that. I know it's late, but it's later than we realize. Did you hear me tonight? Yeah, blue or red back, whatever color that is. The old church hymnal, the red hymnal. 350, I know it's late, but surely we've got time for just one more song. 350. My goodness. Listen to the words as you sing this. Hmm. Boy, this is powerful tonight, church. When in the better land Before the bar we stand How greatly grieved our souls Will be my, my If Lost one there should cry in deep despair. You never mentioned him to me. By sing now, you never mentioned him to. You 
what a song. What a song. Sing that second now. Oh, let us spread the word Where'er it may be heard Help groping souls the light to say you showed me not the way you never mentioned him to me sing it out now you never mentioned him to about the words of this last verse. A few sweet words may guide a lost one to his side or turn sad eyes Calvary my mind work as days go by that yonder none may cry you never mentioned him to me sing now you never mentioned him to me nor help me eyes to see you met me day by day and you knew I was astray you never to me ah what a song long time since I'd heard that. Think about the uh, rich man when he died and went to hell. Lifted his eyes in hell and he begged Father Abraham to send somebody, a messenger, that would beg his brothers, his father and his brethren, his family, uh, amen, to come to Christ so they would not have to suffer the punishment that he endured in that awful place. We better get serious about telling people about Jesus now because in eternity, it'll be too late. Amen. All right, Dad, you dismiss us.